Hello, and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of the pastors at Providence Church, and his wife, Bailey. The goal of this podcast is to help you live all of life with the presence of God, and we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing joy in the times of suffering. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Andrew and his beautiful, wonderful wife, Bailey, who You're last back week... Again. I know, hey. she is. I'm here. <laughs> who actually last week shared their story of suffering and how they had faith in the midst of suffering. And this week, we're diving into actually how to have joy in the midst of suffering mm-hmm. as well. And so for people who didn't hear it last week, Andrew, can you give a little recap of what happened to you all this last year? Yeah. So we gave a, a, a better picture of this in the last podcast. So you can go back and listen to that if you didn't. Uh, but very quickly, in November, I had uh, a seizure that was caused by high blood pressure and a kidney disease. And that left me in the ICU for a week. And since then, we have been uh, kind of navigating a, a road of recovery a little bit. And so I've been out of work for a couple months, just now getting back into it. Um, yeah, I had moments of just pain and uh, a lot of questions and unknowns about the future. Uh, so for a couple months, we basically spent going to doctors, doing blood work, trying to figure out what was going on. And the result of all that has been that I'm going to need a kidney transplant, basically ASAP. Mm-hmm. And so at this current moment in February, while we are recording this, we are just filling out some paperwork to go get um, or to be on the transplant list and to move forward with the transplant. And I just found out today that I also have to get my wisdom teeth out before (laughs) that. So lots of suffering and annoying things have to be done. Yeah, that would be more of the word right now. Annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's kind of where we're at. We're trying Mm -hmm. to basically, and part of that is because you can't for after I do the transplant, which we're hoping to do in either the summer or fall, um, the basically for the next year, especially there's a lot of immunosuppressants they put you on. And so any risk of infection or any issues like that, they want you to get taken care of or to minimize risk at Mm -hmm. all after transplant. And so, the dentist said that it would probably be smart to just get rid of your Can't do teeth. that filling. Just got to take them out. Yeah, like this is probably, yeah. So anyway, oh my uh, just, uh, just <laughs> oh. fun stuff. Yeah. Oh my word. So Andrew, you expect, you know, hopefully that God would radically heal you of this kidney disease. And that's not the answer you get. You also, on top of all of this, have to get your wisdom teeth taken out. And Bailey, you've just been through a crazy year in general. Yes. And you hear that your husband could have almost passed away. Yeah. You would have, I mean, you would have been a widow. It would have just been yes. crazy. So many emotions. And mm-hmm. the lesson you both have told me that you've learned is having joy in this season. Weird, right? Yeah. How is that even possible? Let us tell you. (laughs) No, we are no experts, but we've definitely experienced joy and and that's only by God's grace and love for his children. Yeah, I think joy, well, at the beginning of the year, or maybe the end of this last year, we had said, I think for this 2021, for this next year, that joy 
or being joyful is just going to be a, an impactful thing for our family. Yeah. And at that point, we didn't really know exactly what that was going to mean because we had just I just had the seizure, but we had had um, our second son had had a number of health issues this last year. And so it was just a trying, trying time. And I feel like for us, um, this last year, 2020, would would definitely not be marked by happiness. Like there was, there was not many times where we just felt light and cheery and happy. Like it was just, we were tired we were frustrated. Um, I was feeling sicker and sicker as the year goes on. Then obviously the seizure. And so going into the year, we just kind of felt like, I think, I think the idea of joy or just being joyful. So, um, just having that be like a marker of our, our countenance, like kind of the ethos of our home and our family would just yes. be one of joy. Um, and, and then obviously we figured out all these diagnosis things and the transplant. And so in just God's providence that I think that was the thing we needed to go into this whole mindset of was, um, was that we needed to have joy. Yes. Um, I would say joy is interesting because, it is something that you can just have. Like it's something that for some people you can sense. It just kind of like flows out of them in this like kind of uh, almost like this jubilee, like this kind of cheery, like, you know, some people just flow out with joy. Um, But joy is also something we're commanded to have and Mm -hmm. to do. So I think while some people, it comes really natural and easy. So Bailey, just her countenance is probably more joyful. Like she's just easier or quicker to joy than I would Mm. be. Um, But as a Christian, I should be filled with joy and we're commanded in Philippians 4 to rejoice. And so um, that's a, it's this weird thing where some people have it more naturally, but all Christians need to have a sense of joy. And so for us in this season, even in the midst of suffering, we maybe have to fight for joy a little bit more in this season. Um, But but I think it's still, yes. it's a key piece of our, our family and in our path, even through the midst of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you look at our two boys and not have joy? How can you look at everything that's happened and not rejoice with gladness and thankfulness and all things good that God is when he has led us through trials that aren't as bad as some but are worse than many. They're ours, yeah. They're it ours. Is what it is. They're yeah. ours, but that's his that's his plan for us. So we choose to see the good and the joyful things that he has given us. And honestly, I would say, I mean, through suffering, our marriage it just it becomes pretty like okay, we just got to get through today. Just got to get through today. But man, the Lord was so good to us after Andrew came home to the from the hospital, just giving us moments of pure laughter, pure joy, mm. just release almost of of all of the, okay, we just got to stay on task here. And, and then our boys are just so joyful. Riggs doesn't stop smiling and Jet's just crazy. And it's, it's like the best gift. Mm. So. So one of the main encouragements, I think, for joy in this season has been uh, James chapter one, uh, verses two and three. So um, it not to do like a Bible study, but let me just read parts of these verses because I think it, it's just crazy. So in James one, verse two, he says, 
Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So the thing for me that's interesting about that is he doesn't say like, okay, when you meet trials, you can endure it with God. That's true, but that's not what he says. He doesn't say like, you just grin and bear it and you get through it. Or it's like just this, you know, when you come through trials, it's going to be okay. That's not what he says. He says, count it joy when you meet various trials. Right. So he's saying when those trials come, you should actually have a new joy because those trials are there, which isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Like that seems so backwards that he says, count it joy when you meet these trials. But he goes on in verse three to say, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So one of the things that was encouraging to me is that God does not, our suffering is not meaningless. He doesn't just like randomly give you suffering. There is a purpose to it. So why do you count it joy that you have these trials? Because God's actually doing something in that. And so if you trust in, you know, the sovereignty of God, that he is sovereign over all things, then when a trial comes, you can actually have joy and count it joy. Not, we don't celebrate suffering or death or illnesses. Those things are of the fall. Death is a curse. We don't celebrate that. But when they come, Christians can actually have joy that they are there in their life because God is greater than those sufferings and he's actually producing something. It says yes. your faith, this when your faith is tested in those moments, it will produce a, a steadfastness or like a sturdiness, a strength to you that you wouldn't really have unless you went through these trials. And so for us, even in the midst of this, it was crazy because I felt like, and it took a while. I mean, that's, that's not easy to get to, no. but, but you can actually get to a place where you count it joy that I'm suffering. Right. Like to say today that there has been moments, this may sound crazy, but there have been moments of joy that I have a chronic kidney disease and am suffering right now. There have actually been moments of joys that I have been in this trial. I don't love that about me or this situation, but I, I can actually, not always, but at times count it joy. Yes. Yes. So what does it look like to actually start counting your trials as joy or finding joy in them? How do you actually take practical steps to start seeing your trials with a sense of joy? One of the first things I think is what we talked about in the last podcast of you have to start with faith because if you don't have faith that God is in this, that God is sovereign, that he is with you, that he is working in this, you'll never have joy. So mm. If you just try to search out, okay, so I have a, a kidney disease, I'm glad about that. Like, that's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but I can say, okay, I have a kidney disease, but I know that God is sovereign. So this is not a mistake, and God did not forget me or abandon me. Okay, I have a kidney disease, but I know that my sovereign God is also a good father who who says, I, I will only do what is best for you. Now, that doesn't mean he's always going to do what's easiest for you or what I think is best for me, but he will only do what is best for me. So I have a God who is in control of all things, so he can do whatever he wants, and he could heal me or he could take me. It doesn't matter. Like, he could do whatever he wants, and I know he's a good father, then that must mean that whatever I'm going through in the long run is actually for my good, and in that 
even in hard times, I can have joy because I know mm-hmm. that that he's actually with me. He's with me in it. He's right. going to do something in me. Right. And I have faith that he's going to heal me somewhere along this road, whether it be now or whether the transplant works or whether in, you know, a couple yeah. years I die from this and he takes me home, I will be fully healed and resurrected. So the the joy is you don't just focus on the joy, but when you actually focus on God and what he's doing through you and you have faith in that i think it can actually produce some joy in you you're not gonna die anytime soon sorry (laughs) are you telling me or god (laughs) yeah even as a wife though hearing that yeah it's hard but man i it's a weird thing to be a christian sometimes because you just you are so led by faith that's Mm -hmm. and that's why i love that you said that because I would understand that God knows better than me whenever he does take Andrew, but it won't happen anytime soon. <laughs> so, but you better quit saying that. I, oh my, you brought soon. it up, <laughs> but I, I would say that you talked about the steadfastness. It produces steadfastness. And I think of steady. And if you're not steady, then you're teetering. You're kind of always moving you're kind of always twitching or leaning one way or the other, or you're dizzy or you're not still. Well, what happens when you're steady and you're still, you find rest Mm. and you find peace. And so when I think of steadfastness, yes, it is strength. Yes, it is this steadiness in spirit and in Christ. But the way that I experienced joy fully was through the peace of God. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned Philippians 4, but I do you mind if I read it? Um Philippians 4, I'll start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So it's not just once, mm. it's twice. And then he goes into saying how we preserve and study and find rest and in faith and that's through prayer. If we're never in communication with God, how are we supposed to expect him to do anything or speak in any way? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand always. Mm. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. That peace that surpasses all understanding is the only thing that is caused. We talked about asking why in the last podcast. And that is the only reason that the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit in my heart, the only reason why I don't sit in the why. Mm. Because if I have peace and rest and I am steady based on joy that God has gifted me and our family, how can I, how can I be anxious? How can I ask why if that's what's filling my heart? Right. Now I am not Jesus, nor do I ever wish to be. So there will be times of questioning and times of anger. And we talked about that previously too, with exhaustion and, and whatnot, but the majority of what filled my heart and gave me joy was that there was peace in God Mm. because he knows best. He places our steps. He knows our future. He knows Andrew's length of life. Mm. 
Mm. No matter how much I say that he can't, he's not going to die anytime mm. soon. God knows. Yeah. And I trust him in that. Mm. And that peace gives me joy. Other things that give me joy. Hugs. Hugs give me joy. Talking with people get, gives me joy. Getting letters in our mailbox gives me joy. Mm-hmm. Words give me joy. The fact that people's selflessness and obedience to whatever God is telling them to do gives me joy. Knowing that we have been protected and provided for by the Lord through our church community, through friends, through family, all of the above, that gives me joy. Mm -hmm. That is a reason for me to rejoice again, rejoice. Yeah, this isn't super practical, but the just thinking about um thinking about how we can have joy in the midst of suffering or why the there's this old quote from Charles Spurgeon that has also been an encouragement to to me or to us in this last season. He says, "I have learned to kiss the waves that toss me against the rock of ages." Mm-hmm. And what he means by that is so when you're in a storm, right? That's often used imagery for like the hardships or the suffering times in life. So when you're in a storm and you're in the middle of the waves, so just imagine yourself getting tossed like to and fro like the waves are just beating you around. And in the midst of that storm and that wave tosses you against a rock, um, he says that when that wave, uh, the hardships of life, the suffering times of life, when you have nowhere else to go but to lean on and to stand on the rock of ages, which mm-hmm. is Jesus, he says, you will learn to kiss that wave. Like you will be more grateful for that wave or that time of suffering in your life because you will stand on Jesus more than you ever have before. And mm-hmm. I think, at least for myself, I'd say probably yes. for both of us, yeah. that has been more true. I have been more dependent on mm-hmm. Jesus in these days. I feel, I've felt closer to Jesus in these days. Um, and again, when I've said, like, I've found joy at certain moments in my kidney disease, um, it's been in those moments where I have said, I would never want to go back to last October where I felt uh, independent, where Mm -hmm. I felt like I was in control of my life, where I felt like I could live another hundred years, like all of that. Like I never want to go back there. I have been so humbled to the point. I mean, I literally felt like I've been in the ocean and I got slammed against Jesus basically. Mm -hmm. And that is just an amazing place to be. And so uh, with Spurgeon, I would say when we have joy because we can, because we actually get tossed onto Jesus in these moments and he graciously and lovingly like is there for us to put all of our weight and our life and our worries and everything on him. And so we can kiss the waves that toss us Mm -hmm. against the rock of ages. Yeah. And so just as a final question, when people are in those trials and they're feeling like they're being tossed about, how do they actually end up being able to kiss the wave? What does it look like to truly count it joy? Is it just having that bedrock of faith and then starting to see it as joy or what advice would you give to them? It definitely starts there. And then it's a ripple effect. If we're going to keep on the water theme right now, I would say, that starting with faith, that's a choice. And to choose Jesus every single day, to choose to speak with him in prayer, to choose to be in his word, to choose to build and cultivate your relationship with God, that's where it starts. And then every other blessing and every other wonderful attribute of God 
follows, I would say. So yeah, you're you're being tossed up against the rocks. You're being I think of a one of that Velcro game where you like jump onto the wall and you like stick to the wall. And I think of that like you're just running, 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 and you're just stuck to Jesus. Mm. And that when you are stuck like Velcro, like glue, tossed and thrown up against the rock of ages, everything else comes from cultivating that faith and asking God to enter into your life, realizing that he's been wanting to lead it from the beginning. So, Yeah, I would say very similar to that, too, in moments of suffering, it is imperative to, as best you can, just cling to Jesus. It, it feels like in suffering, people are often tempted to like to run or to get angry at God or to ask why, like all the things we've been talking about, to try to like press away because we we have this understanding that if we're suffering, that means God is absent. He's mad at us. We've sinned. He's done. He's, you know, he doesn't like us or he's not real. Like we have all those thoughts because suffering exists. Um, And I would just say, if you want to fight for joy, you have to fight to do the exact opposite of what your natural inclination Mm -hmm. might be, which is to say, I don't want God in these moments. And instead, um, find great comfort and rest in knowing that God puts his people through the fire sometimes so that they realize that he's actually closer than they think or that they actually are dependent on him. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the, the ways that we can also help to make it through some of the fires or the suffering times in our life is to almost almost assume like we have to assume the best of those things and like the best of God, not the worst of God. Mm -hmm. So when suffering comes, we can assume the worst and think God's left. He's mad. He's angry. Um, But what if you actually like had the perspective or you shifted your mind a little bit to think this suffering is here for a good purpose that God wants to do. And he may take away things in my life and that's hard but he may do that, right? Mm-hmm. So if we love things more than we love God and he strips that away, that's going to hurt. But that is actually for your best. Yes. And that's not him getting angry at you. That's actually him loving you. Um, Good, better, best. Yeah. And he's got it's a purpose. Best. Yeah. He's got a purpose in suffering. I think that might be maybe the biggest thing is to, to find joy in suffering. We've got to believe that there is a purpose in this suffering. I'll just share one quick story. Um, we we recently went to this event and I heard this quote from uh, Sinclair Ferguson where uh, he said that oftentimes um, a church, like the congregation, will view Jesus or they'll have an image of Jesus similar to how they view their pastor. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there and it was like this light bulb moment. You know, this is in the midst of this whole season um, where I'm wondering, God, why didn't you heal me? What are you doing in this? Like, maybe you don't actually heal people. I'm asking, you know, all these kind of things. I'm wrestling with faith. And I heard that and it almost like it literally was like a light bulb moment where I thought, I think one of the reasons God may not be healing me is because he is trying to make me more like Jesus in suffering. Jesus is, he suffered more than anybody. He didn't deserve to suffer. He didn't deserve anything. And yet he gave up his entire life. He suffered to the uttermost. 
And I just thought, man, I wonder if God is making me more like Jesus so that I can, not only for myself, but actually because he loves our church and he wants our mm-hmm. church to know Jesus. He wants our church yeah. to love Jesus and see Jesus. And if if I'm not growing more like Jesus because I help lead this church, our church is going to have a skewed view of Jesus. So it's not all on me, but I think that quote is true that we inevitably have an image of God, like our our dads, we often say, or like pastors or leaders. That's just how it works. And so I just found this sense of joy, even, even though that didn't take any pain away or anything, mm-hmm. but it gave this almost purpose of like, I wonder if the Lord might be doing something in me because he loves our church so much that he will not let me walk in sin and this dependency and this arrogance of thinking I can do whatever because that is all going to bleed into how they view Jesus. But if I can walk humbly and I can walk close to my father and I can just depend on him with everything, people are actually going to love God and see God and look more like God. And so even though that doesn't take away any of my circumstances, for me, that gave me a sense of joy because it just reminded me that there is a purpose in this. And then again, just having this picture of that he is going to take all this away one day, like he's going to renew everything. And so I can endure a few years of suffering. If that helps me and more people around me know and love Jesus, because I have eternity to spend (laughs) with like complete joy, complete healing, complete, just utter like elation. Like that's what, that's what our future is. And so, yeah, yeah, I can endure a few years of, of suffering if that's the the future. And he, he, he has not healed you physically, but I would argue just in our home and just you being my person, my husband, the boys' father, he has healed so much in your heart just in finding joy in him first. Mm -hmm. And that is a gift, not only to us and to the church and to anybody who you may come in contact with, but to yourself that, and God is, God has been very good to you in that. And from, from late night laughs that we hadn't had in such a long time, just because of not feeling good, you just didn't feel good. And then all of a sudden we knew what was wrong. God kept you around, praise him for that. And then this joy that you hadn't experienced for such a long time, I don't think if ever, it just like oozed out of you. Mm. And I think that, yeah, he's, you're suffering physically and you have, you have suffered along with him. But now he's like, okay, you've suffered and you're still in this, but experience my joy along with everything else. Well, thank you guys again for sharing your story and thank you all for joining us today. Again, the goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to help you live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. If you have any podcast topics, comments, or questions, please email us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. We'll see you next week.